0: Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody doing today? Thank you. Thank you, uh, Janune, for that introduction. Before I get started, I just want to give honor what honor is due. Um, just want to give honor to Apostle Clay Nash and Susan Nash um, for just allowing me the opportunity to stand before you today and also seeing what god had placed inside of me because you know many of times we are around people or individuals that don't have spiritual eyes to see and it's really really important that we are able to see god to see him around us through people in us in every situation that we go through let me just start with prayer dear heavenly father I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for this time, Father. I just thank you for all that you have done in my life, all that you have done here in CityGate. Thank you for planning me, for sending me for such a time as this, because truly, truly, we are living in one of the greatest, greatest times for the church, for the body of Christ, for the Ecclesia, Oh God, as you are moving your plans and your purpose is forward, O oh God, to do what you have intended to do in the earth from the very, very beginning, O oh God. We thank you for your son, Jesus. Father, we thank you that he declared on the cross that it was finished, O oh God. But as he said it was finished, oh God, he passed the baton on to the church, O oh God. And Father, we thank you, O oh God. That we have the baton, oh God. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. We got it, oh God. And we are rising. And we are shining, oh God. And we got our orders from our chief and commander. He's already laid the foundation. Oh, Hallelujah. We are to build upon that foundation. Father, we thank you for the commission, the charge, oh God. We thank you for the angels, O oh God. We thank you, Father, that they stand with us, O oh God. We thank you. Oh, my God, we thank you, Father. Thank you for giving me such a burden for your church. Oh, my God, thank you for letting me see, O oh God, where you are taking us as a people, as a church, O oh God, for greater days are ahead, O oh God. For you said victory is at hand that we are marching forward, oh God, that we are moving, we are mobilizing, oh God, we are being strengthened hand in hand by your love, oh God, rising up individuals, oh God, finding their purposes, oh God, and being effectual to raise up your body. Oh my God, yes, your body is rising, oh God. Thank you for the charge. Thank you for the command, oh God. I love you. I love you, oh God. Mm -hmm. Thank you for what you have entrusted me with. It is precious to me, oh God. It is precious. Oh my God. It's precious what you've given me, oh God. Oh, it's precious, Lord. I thank you. And I feel you forevermore in this place, oh God. Come in, sit, change, transform, illuminate. Birth, oh God, birth. Birth, oh God, birth. Oh yes, birth, oh birth, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm just going to start with a prophetic decree. I'm just going by the Spirit of God. I have... So much information, it's almost like when God gives me something, it's a book. And I'm probably going to turn this information into a book or e-book because it's always exhausted when he gives me something. I'm going to start with this, and I'm going to get into my message. Very familiar passage of scripture. Future glory of Zion. Future glory of Zion. Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. And the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to the brightness of the of the rising and the kings to come to the brightness of thy rising. You know I uh, sought the Lord about what he would have me to minister. And he confirmed it and he confirmed it and he confirmed it to me what he wanted me to send out to his ecclesia or his church. This is for the body of Christ. This is for those that are serious about the work that God has called you to do. And if you are not serious about what God has called you to do, today is the day to get for real about God. Get serious about the plan and the purpose. We're not just here to just to be looking around. God has saved us, yes, for such a time as this, but Jesus just didn't come to give our ticket to heaven. He came and purchased us that we will co-labor with God. And I'm telling you something today. We are in a new era, a new time, and I'm telling you something. The church is rising. I'm telling you, I got my orders from God, and I'm leading. I'm going to lead my army. So I want to talk today from the subject, abiding in his love. One of my favorite topics, because until you truly get a revelation of God's love, you truly won't know how to love yourself or love your brother and sister. And you truly will not understand the commitment that God has called you to have It's going to have to come through abiding in his love. And I love this. I'm coming from John chapter 15, a very, very familiar passage. But this is where God wants me to come. And this is where Jesus was teaching. How many of you know Jesus was the best, best teacher? And in John chapter 15, I think I want to go down. I'm going to read this. I think I want to go down to maybe 12. I may go to 17. But this is the parable about Jesus, the true vine. I'm going to start at verse 1. I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Let me put these glasses on. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are cling through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as every branch cannot bear of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches, and he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. God is calling us to be fruitful today. God is call, causing us to bear fruit. For without me, you cannot do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather him them And cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein, this is the key. This is the key. Herein is my Father glorified. Oh, God. Hallelujah, Father. Oh, my God. Yes, Lord, herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples as the father has loved me. So have I loved you. Continue in my love. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even if Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abided in his love. These things I have spoken unto you that your joy. Everybody say joy. Joy, joy, joy. Might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. Magnified complete we know the bible says the joy of the lord is our strength in nehemiah but do you really know what that really means if joy is full in you if joy remains in you you will be strengthened to overcome thank you mary for your prayer because you were all in my message, because I told the Lord to confirm, even in this house, what he had for me to say. And it was confirmed over and over again. Verse 12 said, this is my commanded, commandment that we love one another as I've loved you. Love is the central theme of the gospel. Love is the simple, th- the simple theme of your life. You are are here because God loved us and he gave his son for us. But how many of us really understand that love? That love is really something that we need to understand. And that's part of why I'm here. Verse 13 says, um, greater love have no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Yeah, my friends, this is Jesus still speaking. If ye do whatsoever I command you, henceforth I call you servants, for the servants know not what his Lord doeth. I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known to you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye shall go forth and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit shall remain. It shall not not leave, it shall not waste, but it will continue and be steadfast in the times of trouble, trial, tribulation, and all things that come to shake you. That whatsoever ye shall, ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that, that you love one another. It's all about the love. So I want to talk about my topic is abiding in his love, your spiritual posture as an overcomer. <laughs> I mean to say, I am an overcomer. And that's not a, just a cliché. You got to get that in you. You got to get for real about God. And you got to find out what an overcomer is. So Jesus first off start talking about he was the vine and we are the branches. So we stem from him. We come from him. So he is our life source. He is the source of what we need to do all is our life source. And he also said, I want to say this point, number one, our vitality is found in him. Our ability to live, to grow, to love, to change and develop is all in him. He is the root source of our being. Even as a root of a plant cannot be seen, but after going through a process, say process. Woo! Process. Process to grow. The fruit comes to the surface to be seen. How many of you got fruit that can be seen? Come on. Come on. But without a process, the fruit cannot change or grow. As Christians, we are joined to him and we are joined to him because he loves us and we know the story about John 3:16 every day god is taking us through a process to help us grow and bear fruit every day every day but we got to get a revelation of this god uses all things to develop fruitfulness in our lives all things the good the bad the ugly the hurtful the pain all of it. And we can look at Romans 8 and 28 and 30. Very familiar passage. And it says, we know that all things, this is to the believer though. All things work together for the good to them that love God and that are called according to his purpose. Verse 29, this is why. Come on. For whom he did for no. For new, he did also predestine to be conformed to the image of his son. That is why all things are working out for our good. Because God is trying to do something in us. What the devil mean for bad, God meant it for our good. And I remember when God was showing me, The devil think he doing something. (laughs) He ain't doing nothing. What he doing is he putting you in that training camp so God can polish you, refine you, make you, break you to conform to his image. Hallelujah. It's about conforming to the image of his son that That he might be the firstborn among many brethren, moreover, whom he did predestine, then he also called. And whom he called, he also justified, and whom he justified them, he also glorified. Oh my God. If the church is going to be glorified, don't come through us. We are the glory carriers. We are the glory carriers. Woo! hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I got to get this out of my belly. His desire is for us to bear the fruit of righteousness. And Jesus said, if we can't bear fruit, he'll cut us off. Do we really understand that? And he said, if we do, if we bring forth more fruit, he said, he purges us or he purifies us. He cleanses us that we can bear more fruit. So how many of you know sometimes when you are buffeted and God allows you to go through something, he wants you to see the greater perspective in everything you go through. Everything. I've been buffeted so much that <laughs> it has prepared me to the point where God was showing me. Okay, I'm constantly getting going through this. I worked at a job, hospital for 14 years. Almost that whole 14 years. It's been almost 20 years now that God, that I heard God's voice. I was about 29 years old and my life has never been the same but I worked at a hospital for 14 years and God used that hospital and he's still using things now to train me I had about seven nurses because I was one of those nurses I would clock in this was from 29 on to now I would clock in I would do uh, prayer in the morning at about six, about 540, well, 645, 640 somewhere before I clocked in. I did prayer without fail, and I would call for the uh, um, uh, coworkers, family members, and all that come. But as I was doing that, boy, I had people plotting up against me. I mean, like going up to the office and saying this and this and this. And I was still doing the prayer when I was being buffeted. Because I to, you know what I told the devil? I ain't going to stop. You got me in the fire, but I ain't going to stop. You're going to have to put a muzzle on my mouth to make me stop doing the prayer. So I kept doing the prayer. They had me on suspension. They had me on thing. They said, she don't want to be a nurse. She in the room, and we can't find her. Man, I was in the room doing communion, doing prayer. I was doing all kind of stuff in the room with my patients, but they didn't know that. But the devil was sensing that. So that fear of—how of, many know fear is something that per, that wants to stop you? It wants to stop you from doing what God then called you to do. But when you face fear in the face, and you tell fear. Get out the way. Because guess what? I know who I am in Christ and Christ loves me. And because he loved me, I love you. I love you. And that love causes me to abide. It causes me to stay in him, to stay in his presence, to long for him, to long to please him. And that is where God is calling his church. We got to come up higher, saints. We got to come up higher. So your desire to bear fruit has to be non-negotiable. Say non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. But God ain't calling us to be perfect. He ain't calling us to be a perfect people. We know we can. He's calling us to mature, to grow up, to understand the perspective of life that we live in and not see ourselves as a victim, but see that Christ lives in me. And when you get a revelation of that, that Christ is standing up inside of you, and that you are facing fear, and you telling fear to get out the way. He's gonna rise up even more in you, to take his place, to raise his church up, his body, his ecclesia. When when she was singing that song, Thy King Heaven Come, God was reminding me, and, and Janune came up. He was reminding me of that Matthew. Uh, 6 and how uh, he was talking about Thy kingdom come, thy will be done In earth as it is in heaven That is the day that we are living in now That's just not the Lord's prayer That is where he is calling us To be able to govern from heaven Down here on earth That we can, there is a portal That will come forth and come down And that glory of God will touch us And God has a remnant of people that he's about to raise up. But they ain't just regular people. They overcomers. (laughs) And I'm going to get more into that. They ain't regular. They ain't just this average, mediocre stuff that's going on. This little straddling the fence, and you don't want to intimidate nobody. And you don't want to, you don't want to, and you, you running from things and you ought to run to it. Don't run away from your enemy, run to him. And I'm going to talk more about this because I got to get this I got to get this out. To bear righteous fruit, say it can be painful. Oh my God, will it be painful to what area of our life? Our flesh? Even as a woman bears down to push out a baby, and the pain and intensity makes her feel like she just wants to give up. The incident that I had in my job, and that's my brother, Kerry Prophet Carrie Davis. God bless you, thank you for being here. His wife, Kim, thank you, Erica and, and uh, Pam and her husband for coming to support me. I remember, I don't even know if you remember Kerry when I was going through some of the stuff at the hospital and you remember. You remember a lot of the buffeting, don't you? <laughs> Going through, they had me on suspension. They had like seven nurses went to the, to the manager on me. I had seven demons came up against me. Seven of them. And that fear was coming in there, and I heard God tell me, fear no man. Fear no man, Linda. He said, do everything they ask you to do. But one thing that they didn't do, they didn't tell me to stop doing prayer. And guess what? I never stopped even through the going through the suspension. And I used to call my brother and tell him here going through this, Karen. And he just, he, <laughs> he'd be like, Lord, cause he was, he like, like bunny clad. Oh my God. So There are times that we go through things that God is processing us. He's stretching you. But you're going to have to see the greater perspective in life, and you're going to have to be intentional about the rise. You're going to have to be intentional about coming up higher in God. This complacency and being comfortable, it ain't going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. But the joy, this is what I'm talking about the lady, but the joy of seeing her baby come out keeps her from push keeps her pushing through pain. We got to know how to push through pain, push through fear. Push through the things that try to keep us bound, to keep us from allowing the light of his presence from coming through us. Cuz God is ready for the church to light up. <laughs> He's ready, but we're never going to light up if we can't break our flesh to let Christ rise up inside of us. And I've already told the Lord, I'm not going to be slack on my end. I'm not going to be slack on my end because he didn't show me. He didn't show me the greater purpose in what I go through. So when I go through now, since I have been trained and that's just only one incident, but let me end that incident. I was put on suspension and probation and all this stuff. I kept doing prayer in the morning. And I had people coming up going, oh, I feel so sorry for you. They was patting me on my back and stuff, saying like they feel sorry for me because of what I, they knew what I was going through. So I kept on doing the prayer. And, and in my mind, in my spirit, I was saying to myself, You better not tell me to stop doing prayer. I dare you. Because the hospital that I worked at was supposed to be with the threefold ministry of Christ. So I was doing it off the clock before I came in. But my spirit was like, you better not tell me to stop doing. And she did not. So I did that prayer, she met with me every week and was saying that I'm not taking care of the patients, making me look like a bad nurse and she didn't know what was going on. But God showed me something in that particular incident. And I'm always reminded of the three Hebrew boys when they was in the fiery furnace, God always shows me them. He always takes me there. Because sometimes when we're in a hot place and we're in a place and we don't even know if we're going to, what was the worst thing that could have happened to me? I could have got fired, right? Okay. So we have to think about the cost that we have to pay to overcome the evil one. And we got to show him who we are in Christ. Because God is looking for his overcomers. And I'm telling you, the church is getting ready to move into manifestation and demonstration. And the glory of the Lord is about to fill, fill the earth. But it's going to be a remnant of those that will receive this glory and this manifestation that is coming because we got a mortal church and we got an immortal church. And I don't want to get too deep into that. But part of the mortal church of what we're doing right now is getting things prepared. But there is going to be those, maybe those coming up now, the babies that's going to be part of the immoral church, the church that's going to uh, reign in those last days and actually establish the kingdom of God on earth. So if we are going to bear fruit of righteousness, we will have to overcome sin from ruling in us. Ruling in us. And we are free from the law of sin and death. We can look at Romans 8. This will be painful if we deny our flesh and deny the desires in order to see the light come through us. Now, we know we have a sin nature. We know we was born in sin. We already know that story. And we know that Jesus came back. He paid the price for us to be reconciled back to God. But he also purchased us with his blood that we would co-labor with him. And Jesus is looking for those co-laborers, those overcomers, those that will reign with him. As we deny ourselves the sinful desires, we push through pain and obey God to manifest his glory. As I read, if we bear much fruit, God is glorified, right? So who really wants to glorify God? Or who really wants to glorify themselves? <laughs> So is it about God or is it about you? But God always gets the glory and he always will. So your pursuit to bear fruit must as as by overcoming must be relentless. God gave me this word when I was studying. What does it mean to be relentless? Persistent, continuing, non-stopping, everlasting, never ending. So we know Jesus said the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. And I'm going to talk about this because God always takes me there. Matthew 26, when Jesus is in the garden and he was, he knew what he had to face and he knew his mission But for just a minute of anguish, he wanted that cup to be passed from him. But he quickly said, nevertheless, that your will. Sometimes we go through things and it doesn't feel good to our flesh. And we want to say nevertheless. But God is saying, you got to go through my process. If you want to bear fruit, if you want to come forth and come and let the light of his glory come through you. Because we got to get serious about God, because God is raising up his army. And I'm telling you, I'm going to be leading my troops to the victory. Those that he has called me to lead, to raise up, to be able to assemble ourselves. And we count up the cost. How many of you have really counted up the cost for your salvation? Have you really counted it up? Because as we can see in the old days, the church of the old, many of those people lost their lives for the sake of the gospel. And we are moving into those times. (laughs) And God is saying right now to each of you, count up the calls. You got one foot in, one foot out. You wanna be comfortable. You don't wanna go through nothing. You don't wanna be shaken. But you want the glory, but the glory is going to cost you something. You got to be willing to pay it. You got to be willing to pay it. And see, when you start telling God, you know, I can say, I've been saying yes to God for, what, 20 years. That yes has been getting louder and louder and louder. Louder. It's getting louder and louder and louder too. It's like, yes, because I know I've counted up the cost. And we are here to emulate Jesus. This is not a cliche. This is not, oh, I can't do it in my flesh. He is in us. But we got to move from one state to the other. That remnant that God is preparing, those are the ones that are hungry. Those are the ones that got their mouth open saying, feed me, Father, I want more. Those are the ones that he is looking for right now. Not the ones that want to turn around, not the ones that don't want to go through nothing for the sake of the gospel. Because you're going to be processed and you're going to go through something for that glory to be uh, proven in you. You're going to be tested and tried by fire so God can raise you up to be part of that remnant army that he is raising up of overcomers so we know the scripture when Jesus we must watch and pray in order for us to grow we have to be processed so we can give a free pathway for the light and life of Christ to come through we gotta break this soulish thing we gotta We got to deny ourselves so the spirit can live. So part two of that, those people that was plotting up against me, you know, the seven demons that went in there. And I remember God told me, Oh my God. Oh God. Oh, this is so lovely. God told me it is so lovely. Oh Jesus. I love you. God told me, he said, This is what I want you to do, Linda, to those that, that this is the same hospital. He said, I want you to turn to Matthew 5 and 44. He says, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. So guess what? That's what I start doing. So he said, get $6, Linda. I got $6. I think six is the number of man. I got $6 and I started going to, I, I knew who they were and I would go to them. See, if the devil knew what he was doing to Jesus, he would have never crucified him. Come on now. I used to say, hey, how you doing? God bless you. Have lunch with me. And I would do that and I had about eight people that I strategically fed and they didn't even know it. But I blessed them and I prayed for them and I was pouring that coal right on their head. And I was letting the devil know "Who, who you dealing with. Who are you dealing with? Because guess what? It's all about the perspective. How you see yourself, what point God ain't calling us to see things at this mediocre. He's calling us to see things from the high place. say, high place. The vantage point. When Betty Love was here last year, she helped me understand this part, because we ought to have prophetic eyes to see. We ought to know this, and I'm going to talk about that. we know that God is calling us to a higher place. So the thought got to be higher and we got to see ourselves differently. So when this stuff was going on with me at the hospital and I started feeding my enemies and I was getting so strong, oh my God, I was getting power because I was seeing who I was and seeing how the Bible said, be not overcome of evil but overcome evil with good. That's the mark of an overcomer right there. So you have to be strategic and intentional how you do things. And when they come up against you and they try you, see it from that perspective of, okay, God, what are you processing through me? But see, I just just yielded to God. I yielded to him because I started seeing this thing. I was like, everywhere I go, I got somebody coming up against me. Went to the ER and worked because I was a floater. I floated around the hospital. Went to the ER and they told all kind of lies on me, said I was doing. I said, oh, my God. I was like, I'm going to just step into this thing. But that fear always wants to grip us. But the power is in the submission. Is saying yes to God, because I'm telling you, when God starts to mark you, he starts to glorify you, and that's one of the reasons why the enemy comes to try you. That's what God told me. So if you are not getting attacked right now, it's because you probably look comfortable. You ain't roughing the feathers. You ain't trying to do prayer and do communion and deliverance in the hospital like I was. You're not trying to do that. So if you're not getting, if something is not coming to try you, all situations, you got to look at it. But see, that's how God is training you. It's a training day. And I was like, okay. So when I started coming in the hospital, boy, I had my full armor of God on. And I was walking down the hall. And I was waiting. I'm waiting. Because I'm here to bless you, enemy. I'm fit to do good, and I'm fit to pray for you, baby, because I know who I am. And guess what? We have to get to a place we let nothing separate us from God's presence. So that's where I'm at right now. That's where I've been for a minute. To be with him, I'm not going to let you, 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 or any situation stop me. So if I need to forgive you, I'm going to forgive you. I Need to bless you, I'm gonna bless you. If I need to do good to you, I'm gonna do good to you. You're not gonna hinder the communion I have with the Father. You can't do it, and that is the abiding in love that Jesus is talking about. That abiding and steadfastly staying to obey God to where you say, Oh my god, I don't want to be separated from God. That's why I tell the Lord all the time, and we know kids how many got kids I remember when God was showing me this he just shows me so much uh, prophetically how many of y'all know took psychology know what separation anxiety is anybody okay that's when you got a child you take them off to the daycare center you want to drop them off right and they be like I don't want to go I am with him. <laughs> I don't want to be separated from him. So that's why you count up the cost and say, Do you want to be with him? Or do you want to let something separate you from something as easy as not loving your neighbor or, or, or not understanding the battle that you're in and complaining about it instead of having the victory and saying, God, okay, I don't understand everything you do, but I submit to this. But that separation anxiety, there ain't nothing to play with. Because I don't want to be separated. And God showed me this too when Jesus was on the cross. I got it somewhere in my notes. And when he looked upon Jesus as sin, and and Jesus said, Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me? Because he had separated his presence from him so he can look upon him as sin. See, we got to get to that place. There's another place that God is calling you to, and it's rooted and grounded in, his, in your love for him and your love to be with him, to be in his presence, to be with him. My normal day starts at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I sometimes have to be at work at 530. Right. But 2 o'clock, I got up at 2 o'clock today. I get up and do my routine and I sit at my desk and if I had to go to work, I'll sit there and get ready, put my little scrub pants or whatever. But I'm sitting there and I'm abiding in his love. Oh my God. He is just, oh, I'm abiding. And I'm just telling him how much I love him, how good he's been to me. And I don't see anything that I've been through as something that I'd be saying, I ain't never asked God why you allow me to go through some of this. I had some sickness come in my body. You remember this? Right before, somewhere between 26, 27, 29, somewhere in, well, 25, 26, 27, 28. Now, again, I'm going to go back to this. My life changed when I was 29, and I will have a birthday next month. I'll be 48. My life changed. At 29 years old, that's when I start to really, God planted me in an apostolic church. It was like as soon as I got to that church, I, I started, it was like I could just see so clear what God wanted to do in me. But as I was saying, I had some sickness come in my body. And God told me this is how the devil was trying to attach this sickness to me. See, the things that the devil sent to us, he wants that to take root in you. Whether it's bitterness, whether it's hatred, whatever it is that is a negative work, he wants to attach it to you. And how it attaches to you is when you receive it, when you nurture it, and you play with it and entertain it instead of casting it down. But a lot of times we don't know that we should cast it down, okay? Okay. So he blesses us in our ignorance when we don't know things. His grace covers us. So I had some sickness come in my body. And I wasn't in the will of God. Like I said, i was I'd been saved since I was 12 and baptized, wasn't living saved. But somewhere between 26, 27, and 28, somewhere before 29, I got stricken with the sickness, and they didn't know what it was. They thought it was, they was checking me for rheumatoid arthritis, lupus. I had massive swelling in my stomach and all this, and I still wasn't in right with God. And I had this lady, and at that time I was an LPN, and I've been an RN now about 17 years, but at that time I was an LPN, and the lady came, another nurse came to relieve me, and she said, what's wrong with you, baby? I said, I got to go to the ER. This swelling is coming back on me. And they were treating me like I had lupus or rheumatoid, which is a connective tissue disorder, which it causes inflammation. He said, the doctor was saying, I don't know what's going on with you, but your body got an infection in it and I can't find it. He said, But I'm gonna treat you like you got rheumatoid arthritis. So those solidophates and those things that they give people to, to steroids to make them go down. So anyway. The lady came to relieve me. This is all significant. The lady came to relieve me, and I told her, and she said, baby, and I wasn't in the will of God. I was saved, but not walking with God. She said, I don't know what door you didn't opened, but you didn't open a door in your life. And I mean, she started praying over me, Holy Ghost filled. I never denied prayer, but I didn't understand what she was doing. But she prayed over me, and I went to the doctor. But from that period on, I was dealing with that sickness, right, taking steroids. And then I started 29 years old. I joined this church. But God revealed to me that the devil was trying to attach something. I don't know if it was lupus or rheumatoid arthritis to me. And the doctor said, I don't know, baby, I'm just going to treat you. But over the next five years, we'll see if this thing progresses. So at 29 years old, I joined a church by the name of World Overcomers. And my life changed when I joined that church because God planted me there. And I'm telling you, it was like the right ground. It was an apostolic training center, but it was rooted in, in helping people mature. And, you know, God, this is, this is how God is. God is going to give you all the tools you need to grow. It is up to you to grow. He is not going to twist your arm. He is not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. But God has given us all the tools for us to grow. And sometimes some people grow and some people don't. But what makes other people grow faster is their submission and revelation of what God is doing. So I started to grow real fast. So anyway, to make a long story short about that sickness, how about that sickness just left? It just left. But God was telling me the devil was trying to stricken you before you came. See, 29 years old was when I started coming into myself in him. So he was trying to get that sickness attached to me before I found out who I was. But the devil is a liar. And he didn't win and still ain't winning. He ain't winning. So... We must become, now I'm going to say this first. When we became saved, we put on a new man. Say a new man. And a new life. Galatians 2 and 20, I love this. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I live now in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we are not living our own lives. I'm living, my life is hid in Christ. I'm living my life through Christ. And that's how I see myself. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. So when the enemy comes up like a flood, and you know something, every day we're dealing with people. And I hate to say this, but the devil is coming through people every day. Every day, your family, your friends, your co workers. But because of the processing, it almost makes you so aware of that to the point where your eyes can see now. So a lot of times I, I be looking for the enemy. I didn't walk in or I didn't walk, well, I'm looking for you because you're you trying to stab me in my back, but I already see you because I'm aware of the battle that's ahead of me. So we gotta be aware of who we are and whose we are. Let me get to this, because it's time, almost time for me to close. Okay, because I wanna leave y'all with seven positional keys to help you overcome. So why w- must we overcome sin to bear fruit? We know, and I'm gonna say this quickly, because like I said, I got a whole, I'm gonna make an ebook out of this. God has been restoring his church since the 1500s. The Dark Ages, we know about the uh, Protestant movement. We know about all the. Who who knows who Dr. Bill Hammond is? Woo! Christian International. Oh my God. The eternal church. Prophetic scriptures not yet uh, fulfilled. If you don't have these books, you need to get them. Day of the Saints last book that i just got god's weapon of war this is what we have right now church arming the church it says arming the church to destroy the works of darkness so god has been restoring his church since the protestant movement so as of right now we have had several things restored like the uh priesthood of the believer, Martin Luther, everybody know about that, 1517, and how he got a revelation of uh, you don't have to go to a priest to confess your sins, that you can go to God yourself, right? I love all that. I love it. And now we have moved to what Dr. Bill Hammond said is the third and final reformation. The second reformation, the first reformation was when Jesus died on the cross and when the church was at Pentecost and they began to spe- speak in tongues. That's when the Holy Spirit came, right? That's the first reformation. The second reformation is the Protestant movement. So we are now in what they say, Dr. Bill Hammond, is the third and final rest, uh, uh, reformation. God has been restoring his truth and the ministries. Even the five-fold ministries have been established And as the fivefold ministers, who know what the charge is for fivefold ministers? Oh, my God, this is he breathes this into me all the time. He breathes this into me all the time. He said he has called us to equip his church. So he breathes this. So we as five-fold ministers, that's what we are supposed to be doing for the edifying of the body of Christ. I got all this. Where is, um, okay, here it is. Thank you, Lord. Five-fold ministers have been commissioned by God to prepare Christ's body. That's where I'm at, y'all. I'm so, I'm so ready for this. God been processing me and I'm ready to raise the church up. I'm ready to see the church come forth to its full maturity. It says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for what? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. For the edified or the building up of the body of Christ till we all come into the unity of the faith, the understanding and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or mature man, unto the measure of the statue of the faith. that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body is fitly joined and compacted by which... Every joint supply if according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, maketh increase unto the body, unto the edifying of itself in love. Oh my God, I love it. We are the fivefold ministers, ought to be equipping the body. But if you fivefold ministers and you ain't been equipped, you're not going to be qualified. You're not going to be qualified. For those of you that have a five-fold ministry gift, if you're not going through the processing season of maturing and coming forth and overcoming, you're not going to be able to lead others to that higher place of glory that God is calling his church. God is looking for the, the church to be beautified through the glory of God. The splendor, that means uh, overcoming evil with good, destroying the works of the devil. But it's an individual thing as well as a corporate thing. So every day you're going through something and we have to look at it like, okay, God, what are you trying to show me and what position do I take? You're going to take the position of abiding in his love. Because one of the things that God was showing me about is being content in the beauty of God's holiness. That goes back to that separation anxiety I was telling y'all about. Not want to be separated from God. And we know God has called us to be consecrated. Psalms 29 and 2, give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. God is calling us to be beautiful in his ways in his love so i'm going to quickly give you some keys some positional keys for those of you that want to be fruit bearers how many want to bear more fruit how many want your fruit to remain that mean when somebody is ugly to you and somebody treats you bad you don't take it personal it ain't personal it's for his glory but i always tell this is what i say this is what i say in the side of myself i'm gonna show you how to treat me because i'm gonna show you how to love i can't show you nothing different i'm no different from you so we got to show the world how to love we got to show them a new way you got to be committed God wants to break us so he can build us back up. But the brokenness is surrender. You know the song we sing, I Surrender All? That's what he's saying. Surrender. Don't try to get back at people when they come for you. Just say, what can I do to bless you? How you doing? I do it every day in my job. And it's like so many people, they just... I heard somebody say this and this is true just go back the more you start looking like Jesus the more you are gonna be misunderstood because people don't understand you because they want you to do what they do and when you don't do what they do they wanna ostracize and attack you but that's just a sign that you are on the right track okay so let's talk about seven positional I said positional keys to becoming a fruit bearer over first You must discern the battle every day. When you get up, you need to understand you in a battle, you in a battle with yourself because you got to overcome your flesh. You got to do what you need to do to please God, whatever that is. So you must discern the battle and step right into it with your obedience to God, seeking to destroy the works of the devil. And I'm telling you, how many of y'all have got into it with a person Say you get into it with your coworker and y'all have a disagreement and then you walk around at your job like you got a chip on your shoulder and stuff like that. You ain't talking to each other and stuff like that. But what I've learned to do and what God has trained me to do is to not allow offense to get in me, to not allow the devil to get in me. I always, if I have a, even if I'm wrong, I repent. I go to that person, I say, but I don't let the devil have his way in me. So sometimes we go through things and we go through things with people and it's festering and it's going on. And all you got to do is say, I'm sorry. But I'm going to be the first to say, I'm sorry, even if, even if you started it. I'm going to be the first one Cause guess what? I'm trying to keep this clean. I'm trying to keep the devil from having a foot in me. So sometimes the repentance is something that we have to be intentional about. And when you got an enemy, I challenge each and every one of you right now, you dealing with people that don't like you for the sake of the gospel, start blessing them and start heaping that coal, feed them. Get buy them some lunch. I'd be so happy because I'm letting the devil know I'm marked. God has marked me. God has marked me with his love, and I'm an overcomer, and I seek to overcome. Position number one, prepare for the battle. Pos- positional key number one to becoming a fruit bearer and overcomer is prepare for the battle. Put your whole arm on, Ephesians 6, 11 through 17. Number two, overcome evil with good. I just, tell, I just gave you an example. So every situation that you in, that you have an opportunity to do something nice for somebody that, that's, um, that may not like you or may not do something good for them. Even if you buy them a book or whatever, if they receive it, they have accepted it. But it keeps your heart clean, keeps your heart pure. Number three, resist the devil. James 4, 7 through 8, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Because, see, when you submit yourself to God, you are actually doing what verse 8 says in James draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. So, we got to draw nigh to God when we resist the devil. That's what you are doing. You are drawing to his ways. Number four, cast down wrong imaginations and every high thing and be ready to defend all disobedience with obedience. 2 Corinthians 10 three through six for though we walk in the flesh we do not war against the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds mindsets demonic mindsets and thoughts that you get that the devil is constantly telling you something and it it, is not of God it's a stronghold in your mind the way you think some of you think got thoughts about people that you, you don't, you, you got thoughts that you don't even, the person don't even know you got them thoughts about them. But the devil is planting those things in there to keep you separate. And we got to understand how he works. So we got to cast down every high thing that exhausts itself. So whatever, the, whatever you're hearing in your ear or in your spirit, if it don't line up with God's word, you got to cast it down. You got to cast it down. Because, you know, sometimes because I, I didn't got so much warfare and people didn't come. And people, either they're going to love you or they hate you. Most of them love me. They love hate me. They love hate me. And it's like, oh, she thinks she this, she thinks she that. And, you know, why do you... You know, I had this lady say, why you have to look good all the time? Why you do put your makeup on and all this? I said, because it's the standard that God has called me to be, because I'm an example for others. And if I'm going to lead the way, I got to lead it right. So I have cultivated a spirit of excellence through him. I've cultivated that, and that's what I look for in others. I look for that. And others, and when I fall short, I want to get back up and try harder the next time. So, number five, positional key, see yourself as a victor, or not a victim. This is something that a lot of Christians deal with. They always talking about the devil did this to me, and this person did this to me, and this well, what you do? Did you rise up and pray for them? Did you do good by them? Don't see yourself as a victim. You're not. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's in you. But you're going to have to break your flesh that you bear fruit. There's no other way. Thank you, Lord. Number six, see things from a high perspective. Everything you're going through right now, there's a higher view that God wants you to take. Don't see it from the low place, but see it from the high place. And I call this mental positioning. You have positioned your mindset to believe the best. Last point, rejoice in all things, pray without ceasing. We can look at 1 Thessalonians 5 and 6, 16 through 17. So I just want to close. I want everybody just to stand up. I hear the Lord saying to his church and his people that this is the time, this is the season for the saints of God to be 100% invested. He said, pick up your swords, straddle your boots, take your weapons, know the cost that you must pay to overcome and to come forth. Because I'm going to tell you something. However long God allows me to, to live, but I'm going to do my part in preparing the church and the bride to come forth. But I want to be one that reigns with Christ. I want to be one of those overcomers that Revelation talks about that sits at the throne with Him because He's going to give you charge over nations. So God is saying today, be a fruit bearer, be one that has counted up the cost to overcome, to do the things that Christ has called us to do. Because Christ said, "Greater works will we do, because He go unto the Father." So Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the word you have given me to your people. Thank you for the anointing being released today for breakthrough, for fruit bearing for overcoming and for abiding in your love. Oh God, I thank you, Lord, that you are stirring hunger today in your people for more of you. Oh God. And you say, if you you require more and we will sacrifice more. Oh God. And as we sacrifice more, you give us more. Oh God. And we thank you, father God, that they're your people here have counted up the cost, Father, and they are fruit bearers. They don't want to be tossed aside and useless to the kingdom. But they are ready, God. They have counted up the cost. And even today, as they move forward, the commitment to serve you is greater. The commitment to love is greater. The commitment is greater for you, O God. Thank you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing in the church, O God. We will come forth as this mighty army to arise and shine, to change this culture, O oh God, to bring uh, governing power from heaven down to earth, O oh God. Thank you, Lord, that thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we seal it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's let's just thank God for Linda this morning come on clap your hands thank you Lord let, let me um, let me ask you this if anyone has any special challenges or things that to deal with this coming week I want to pray for you all so just um, let's just with closed eyes just lift your hands